Hello, my name is Philippe Girard, a professor in the history department at McNeese State University. And I'm Amber Hale. I'm from the biology department at McNeese. Welcome to Your Grandma Rocks, where we explore the lives of famous women in history. Welcome and bienvenue à nos amis francophones. Vous écoutez la radio de l'Université McNeese. On the program today, music and history as we retrace the life of a remarkable woman. She was an archaeologist and a linguist. She was a spy and a diplomat. She helped create the modern state of Iraq. And she was a history major. Her name was Gertrude Bell. Along the way, we will explore some music from her native Britain. Well, that shouldn't be too hard. Britain has produced some amazing talents over the years. That's right. We'll start with a singer who always makes me smile. Her name is Lily Allen. Isn't she the one that became a sensation on MySpace before landing a professional contract? Yes, these were the glory days before Facebook. We will listen to the song LDN, one of her breakout songs from 2006.
Bonjour, and welcome back to Your Grammar Rocks. We just listened to LDN by Lily Allen. My name is Philippe Girard. And I'm Amber Hale. Today we're exploring the life of the British diplomat Gertrude Bell. Like Lily Allen, she was born in England. Uh, just a tiny bit earlier, in 1868, her family had made a fortune in industry. Let's just say that money was not an issue in the family. And that was the height of the Victorian era. So a woman of her social background would have been expected to stay at home, away from politics and getting ready for her primary roles in life as a wife and a mother. In fact, women could not even vote in Britain yet. So it is really remarkable that she ended up having a career at all. Yes. Her mother died in childbirth when she was just three. So maybe growing up in a predominantly male household uh, gave her a different set of role models. One of those role models was her grandfather, who was a member of the British Parliament. He is the one who got her interested in politics from a young age. She was lucky to have the kind of wealth that would allow her to pursue any goal she set for herself. And she was smart enough to achieve all those goals that she set for herself. She was educated at Queen's College in London and later at Lady Margaret Hall at Oxford University. But at that time, even with money and brains, many roads were closed to her. She decided to major in history because that was one of the few fields that women were even allowed to study at Oxford. Come on, do you mean to tell me that she only picked history because she had no other choice? I'm afraid so. Oh, you just hurt my feelings. At least she was good at it. She graduated in just two years. At that point, marriage and motherhood would have been the next logical steps for a well-born woman of the Victorian era. But she took another path. She never married or had any kids. It's not that she hated men, she had several romantic attachments in her life, but none of them led to marriage. Part of the problem was that her father found some of her suitors to be unworthy of her, but she probably wanted to keep her independence too. Yes, marriage laws at the time placed women in a subordinate legal role, so it was probably wise for an ambitious woman to remain celibate. And not just in 19th century England. In other shows, we studied Quid Njiga of Angola, who kept various male concubines and only married in her 70s. We also did a show on the French author Eloise, who lived in the 1100s and was very ambivalent about marriage. And another show on George Sand, a 19th century French writer who separated from her husband. And the list just goes on and on. What are you trying to say here? That these women couldn't have it all? Back then, they had to pick between motherhood and a career. So Gertrude Bell chose to lead an adventurous life that was very uncommon for women of her time. Sports, politics, and diplomacy. Before we get to that, let's take our second musical break. What kind of British music are we going to sample now, Philippe? Well, I had a lot to pick from, but I figured we couldn't do a show on British music without featuring at least one song from the Beatles. Yeah, there must be a law about that somewhere. Let's follow the law then. We'll spend a lot of today in the midst of war and revolution, so I picked the song Revolution by the Beatles from 1968. <laughs> about destruction Don't you know that you can count me out Don't you know it's gonna be Alright 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 You say you got a real solution Well, you know We'd all love to see 
the plans You ask me for a contribution Well, you know We all do what we can But if you want money for people with minds that hate All I can tell you is, brother, you have to wait co-host of Your Grandma Rocks. And I am Philippe Girard. We just listened to Revolution by the Beatles. Vous écoutez la radio de l'Université McNeese. Today we're talking about the British diplomat Gertrude Bell. Before our musical break, we had just reached the point where she had finished her history degree at Oxford University and was wondering what to do with her life. From a young age, she was an avid traveler and a mountaineer. She traveled all over the world, especially the Alps, where she opened several new routes on some of the highest mountains in Europe. She was fearless. In one expedition, she and her guides got caught in a snowstorm while scaling a cliff in the Alps. So she spent 48 hours hanging from a rope in the middle of a blizzard. She almost died as a result. And then she headed for destinations that were a bit warmer but no less dangerous. The Middle East. Her uncle was a British ambassador in Persia, which would have been Iran today. She went to Tehran in 1892 to pay him a visit. And that was the first of many visits to the region of the next decade. In the process, she became a noted linguist. An educated woman in her time would have been expected to speak her own language of English, of course, as well as French, German, and Italian. On top of that, she became fluent in Persian, Arabic, and Turkish. That would be seven languages. How amazing. As a historian, she also wrote various books on the countries she visited, which introduced European audience to unfamiliar Middle Eastern cultures from Syria to Arabia. She also had an interest in ancient history, especially archaeology. She took part in various digs in the region to uncover ruins from Babylon and other ancient civilizations. I can't imagine what it must have been like for a single woman to travel throughout the Middle East uh, on her own. Plus, she was a foreigner and a Christian, which really made her an outlier. You may think that historians are boring people who spend their lives in libraries, but we can be superheroes too. But yeah, you're right. Her travels would be considered daring even today for that matter. At any rate, she was not deterred. She even visited the region of Hale in northern Arabia, which was ruled by a man who was a bitter enemy of Britain. And somehow she survived that trip and many others. That made her the best Middle Eastern expert in Britain by the time World War I came along. We'll get to her role during that war after our next musical break. I think I know which song we're going to listen to next. Really? 
you like Caribbean music, you like disco, and we just talked about Babylon. So if I draw a Venn diagram, I know I'll find Boney M right in the middle of it. You on, let's head to the rivers of Babylon then.
Bonjour à tous and welcome back to Your Grammar Rocks on KBYS. This was Rivers of Babylon by Bonnie M. Je suis Philippe Girard. And I'm Amber Hale. Today we're covering the life of Gertrude Bell, a British woman who became famous around 1900 as an expert on the history and languages of the Middle East. Her unique skills came in handy when Britain entered World War I in 1914 and had to face off with the Ottoman Empire in the Middle East. And that would be Turkey today. Gertrude Bell volunteered to serve in the intelligence services, but the British army only wanted her as a nurse because she was a woman. Initially, the British thought that defeating the Turks would be easy, but they were quickly proven wrong. They suffered a big setback in Mesopotamia and then again at Gallipoli, and so they realized their mistake and asked Bell for her assistance. So she was stationed in Cairo as part of the Arab Intelligence Bureau. That nest of spies including her colleague T.E. Lawrence, better known as Lawrence of Arabia. And famously portrayed by Peter O'Toole in the Hollywood classic. Like her, he was an Oxford graduate with a deep appreciation for Arab culture. Britain was already overcommitted in the war in Europe, so his main mission was to convince the tribes of the Arabian Peninsula to revolt against the Turks. And this way Britain could defeat the Ottoman Empire without committing too many men. Meanwhile, Gertrude Bell was working on a similar project in Mesopotamia, which would be Iraq today. The first British invasion of Iraq had ended in failure, so she was assigned to a second attempt. Her expertise proved essential, and the British captured Baghdad in 1917. Her presence on a Middle Eastern battlefield was unusual. In pictures from the time, you often see her as the only woman in big groups of British and Arab men in military uniforms. Somehow, she managed to remain very feminine while holding her own in this male environment. One of her strengths was her bluntness. She told things the way they are, which is a rare talent in the cushy world of diplomacy. In one report about her Arab allies, she explained, quote, No one knows exactly what they want, least of all themselves, except they don't want us. That was a good omen of all the diplomatic complications that would arise after the war. Yes, but first, another song. We're going to take a big step back in time and listen to a World War I classic. It's called It's a Long Way to Tipperary and was written by Jack Judge. Did Gertrude Bell ever hear that song? Oh, I'm sure she did. Every English soldier sang that song during the Great War. Troubles in your own, keep back and smile, smile. 
one song, it's a long way to Tipperary. You're listening to Your Grandma Rocks. I'm Amber Hale. Et je suis Philippe Girard. Today, we are retracing the life of Gertrude Bell, the intelligence officer who played a key role in getting Arab support for Britain during World War I in the Middle East. After four years of war, the Ottomans eventually sued for peace in 1918, as did the Germans in Europe. With the coming of peace, it was time for the diplomats to take center stage. And that was not an easy job. During the war, the British government had made promises to everybody to earn their support. Gertrude Bell and T.E. Lawrence had promised the Arabs that they would get a state of their own. Meanwhile, Britain had promised colonies to France under the Sykes-Picot Agreement. And the Balfour Declaration had also promised that the Jews would get a homeland of their own. So some territories like Palestine were promised to three different people at the same time. Gertrude Bell was involved in sorting out this mess in Iraq. In 1920, she wrote a white paper entitled Review of the Civil Administration of Mesopotamia to set guidelines for the post-war period. The document pretty much created the modern state of Iraq. That state included the Kurdish territories in the north to serve as a buffer zone against Turkey, and it also included a large Shi'i Muslim population along with a Sunni minority that was allied with British officials. Gertrude Bell would have liked to give self-determination to the Iraqis, but the British government insisted on turning Iraq into a mandate, which is kind of a colony. The British government did take her advice and appointed King Faisal as king of Iraq to make British colonization more legitimate in Arab eyes. And eventually, the British ended their mandate and Iraq became fully independent in 1932, along the basic principles that had been first laid out by Gertrude Bell. She continued to live in Iraq after World War I. She served as advisor to King Fossil. She also helped found what is today the National Library of Iraq, as well as the National Museum of Iraq. What a legacy. I'm always fascinated by those people caught between two cultures, Victorian England and Muslim Iraq, in her case. Our next singer also stands at the junction between Britain and the Middle East. His original name was Stephen Dimitri Georgiou. Never heard of him. That's because he changed his name. He's now known as Yusuf Islam. Still not ringing a bell. In between, he was known as Cat Stevens. Ah, him I know. He's a real cat. He had many lives. He was born in Britain, but then he converted to Islam in 1977. We will listen to the song Wild World from 1970. Get by just upon a smile. 
Bienvenue à tous. Welcome back. This was Wild World by Cat Stevens, aka Yusuf Islam. Today we covered the life of Gertrude Bell, the spy and diplomat who helped Britain defeat Turkey during World War I and then helped create modern-day Iraq. She remained in the country as an advisor to King Faisal after the war, but her life became more and more difficult as years passed. Heat and malaria really took a toll on her health. She made a quick visit back to Britain in 1925, but the country experienced an economic slump after uh, World War I, and the family business was not doing well at all. After she returned to Iraq, she developed pleurisy, which is a very serious lung disease. And then she took many sleeping pills one night. And she died. To this day, people wonder whether it was a suicide or an accident. The year was 1926. Still, what an amazing life. Quelle vie incroyable, en effet. We're so glad you could join us. This program was funded by a Juliet Hardner grant for women in the humanities. For more information on how to help finance fellowships at McNeese, contact the McNeese Foundation at 337-475-5588. This program was also sponsored by the History Department of McNeese. To apply for a degree in history or other fields, contact the McNeese Admissions Office at 337-475-5504. Thank you and goodbye. Merci et au revoir. <laughs>